0: Life if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're true. You'll be set for life. But now and then you can just tell when kids come to the church and they have a look on their face like they would just rather be anywhere but here. Younger people have a lot of maturing yet to do, and that's normal, but that's why the elders need to keep their example on. I'll tell you, the worst elder example I've ever seen is parents who drop their kids off at church and then drive away. That is the worst I've ever seen. They need to be coming in there with them and spending time with them, not just say, there's church, go learn something, catch you later. Man, that confuses a youngster more than anything. We have to be an example so that they will learn from us. Younger people, they won't take up discipline just by being told. You can't just tell them. You have to model it. You have to show them what you expect of them. And so to the younger folks, though, if your elders and your leaders are going to put in the hard work of being an example to you, then have the respect to listen to them and submit to them because they're doing all this work for you. Well, my parents ain't cool. They're kind of lame. I'll tell you why they got like that is because of you. <laughs> We're trying to keep a discipline for you. We'd like to go out and party and have a good time too, but we can't. We got to show you what to do. So call us lame. Oh man. So if they're going to put in, if your elders are going to put in the work, have the respect to listen to them and submit to them and they're trying to show you some things to help you avoid a lot of pitfalls. To not listen to elders who are sacrificially living for your gain, to not hear them is a pride issue. I don't need to listen to you. I know better. No, you don't. You need to listen. We're following God's word. If we're exemplifying God's word, living like Christ did, you be thankful that you have a godly elder among you. I know a lot of young kids, they have no godly leadership in front of them. But that's why this is why Peter quoted Proverbs 33:4. He says that God will resist those who are proud. He will resist those who refuse to submit, but God will give grace to the humble who will submit. If you will not submit to your elders, you're proud, God is literally against you. No, no, God loves me. God has to be behind me. Not if you're proud, he's not. He'll be against you. He loves you, but he can still be against you. Everything you're trying to make happen for yourself, he can throw a roadblock in front of it until it you smack your head against the wall enough times that you finally have to listen to your elders, but he will give grace to the humble who will submit first Peter five and six. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. God cares for you. That's an incredible statement that God cares for. you. Well, not me, Ray. I, I'm No, God cares for you. Believe me. It says it right there in the word. But knowing the Lord's attitude should help us fix our attitude. I had a bad attitude for a long time, and once I learned the Lord's attitude toward me, it helped me fix mine. Seeing how Jesus lived and how he lived down low should cause us to want to get low, too. I'm telling you, everybody who's listening to the world right now, they're trying to live big. They're trying to live large. Make lots of money. Be popular. Everybody loves me. It's complete opposition to what God's Word says. Get low, and if people hate you for following Jesus, hey, be happy in that. So you've got to lead an example like Jesus did, not by brute force, not by abuse of authority. And that in turn should cause younger people to want to submit to their elders. And the final end to all of this should cause all of us who believe to want to be subject not only to other people, but also subject to to the elders who are willingly under the sovereign rule of Almighty God. If he lived low, we should live low. Live like the source of righteousness in yourself, okay? Jesus humbled himself to the mighty hand of God, dying for us on the cross. Now, if Jesus could come and die on the cross and get that low for us, then we can get low for other people as well. Stop acting like you're so mighty and so big and tall and I'm so cool. Jesus never acted like that. He went to the cross for us. We can do the same for others. But when Jesus went to the cross, he went knowing that in due time, God would raise him back up from the grave. Now, in the same way, when we suffer, when we live on this messed up world, it's not right for us to get worried and troubled about everything that's going on while we have the mighty hand of God who promises to lift us up. If Jesus went to the cross knowing that God would raise him, then we can go into our humility and get low knowing that in due time, God will also raise us. I know right now you might be in a valley, things ain't great, you don't feel good about what's going on, I'm worried about what's going on in the world, but you know what? In due time, in due time, when it's time, God will raise me up when he calls me up, just like he did for Jesus Christ. So I want you to realize one thing, we got to cast our care on him, for he cares for us. What you don't want to do is you don't want to cast your care on the three G's. What are the three G's? The three G's are gold, government, and guns. Don't cast your care on the three G's. You turn on the news, everybody's throwing their care on the three G's. They want the three G's to come out working right for them, and they just don't ever align. Cast all your care upon God because he actually cares for you. Did you know that God cares for you? I had a coworker when I used to work in radio, he came to work one day, astounded. He goes, oh my gosh, he just walked in the door early in the morning, we punched in, he was just like, I'm amazed, I said, at what? He goes, and here's what he said, he goes, I just realized today that God cares about me, and the first thing I wanted to do was kind of laugh and go, gosh, you're a little slow, but no, thank God he got it. And I said, well, what helped you understand that? And he told me something that happened that made him realize that God cares about him. And I got to realize, and he'd been living this whole life of his, calling himself a Christian, not knowing that God cared about him. He didn't know that. He didn't know that God cared about him in the sense that God is going to put himself out there and intervene in his life. He's going to intervene in your life to do things for you and provide for you and protect you and help you and lift you up. Instead of you looking at the three G's, going, "Oh no, what's going on?" Remember, God cares for you. He never got it until he, I think at the time he was in his—he's uh, probably in his mid-thirties before he realized that God cared about him. So I wanted to stress that, friends, you should have great confidence in knowing that Jesus is really concerned about you. God cares about you. He really does. Anybody with depression, I don't see the way out. I'm thinking of taking my life. I, 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 just, I just want to give up. I want you to hear today. If you hear nothing else in this sermon, at least hear this, that God cares for you. Okay? I feel like I really had to stress that point. God's got your back. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Lion, seeking whom he may devour. Oh, no, we're going to get worried again. No, we're not. Because God cares for you, okay? Hold that. So we already know that we need to be self-controlled. That's part of what grace does. You don't fly off the handle like some drama queen on reality TV. And if you ever see your kids watching that junk, turn the TV off. They don't need to learn that kind of behavior. It's terrible. We have to be mature in the faith and trust in God. So we have to be alert, it says, and we have to be vigilant, which means to watch out for danger because the devil is always trying to attack us in some kind of way. And I think one of the best tricks that Satan has ever pulled over a lot of people today is that Satan has gotten a lot of people to believe that he does not exist. It's just God, God loves me no matter what I do. When I die, I'm going to heaven and that's it. They don't believe that there's a Satan trying to mess them up. Matter of fact, a lot of people are messed up and they don't realize who's doing it. They don't think there's a devil. All the bad stuff, that's got to be God's fault. So we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be alert because the devil goes around tearing things up. He looks for anybody he can to devour. And guys, devour means to eat really fast, to consume it. He wants to swallow you down to where you have no hope at all. But guys, God cares for you. The Lord God cares for you. (laughs) Keep that in mind. Don't forget that. Peter was aware of persecution in the days of the Roman Colosseum. They probably, I think they turned lion's loose and they mauled and devoured believers. And so Peter used this extreme language to say, don't let the devil eat you. Don't let the devil devour you. Be watchful, be alert, be vigilant. Let's put it this way. If you go out in the rain without the sense to get under an umbrella, you're going to get wet. If you go out in the world without the godly humility to get under authority, you're going to get devoured. All this that Peter is writing here is for our safety. 1 Peter 5 and 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Okay, it doesn't just say, resist him, and that's it. There's a lot of people, not today, Satan. They got those t-shirts, not today, Satan. And these people don't go to church. They don't read God's word. They're not living as an example. They they just got the t-shirt. They think it's just a a thing they can claim. He says, resist him, how? Steadfast in the faith. You got to be planted. You got to be hearing the word of God again and again. You've got to be hearing that, reading it. And also knowing that the sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood, which is the assembly of believers, all the believers in the world. But guys, isn't it great to know that the devil can be resisted? But you cannot just resist him in Jesus' name if you're not following the guidelines that Peter has outlined for us. If you're casting your care on the three G's of gold, government, and guns you're not living humbly, you're not living in submission to authority, then you can't just say, in Jesus' name, devil, flee. That's not how it works. To use Jesus' name like it's an abracadabra. You can't resist Satan like that, and just in Jesus' name alone, you have to be actively suffering for God's glory and serving God's glory, as an example, steadfast in the faith. Then you can resist the devil. I want us all to recognize how Peter talked about elders in the church and people in the church serving and functioning together before he said, you can resist the devil. He explained the submission structure, get under submission, get under the elders, be steadfast in the faith. That includes the word, living like Jesus did. All of that has to happen before you can resist the devil with the brotherhood. Did you catch all that? Because I'm really going to capitalize on it big time. That is a specific order. I say this because I hear it a lot. For all all those people out there that that say, you don't have to go to church to be saved. You ever hear that? You don't have to go to church to be saved. Okay, Um, I want you to understand that such a saying is that, while theologically true, you don't have to go to church to get saved (laughs) if you are genuinely saved. You must know how to resist the devil, but you have to do it within the body of Christ steadfast in the faith. This statement of you don't have to go to church to be saved is from somebody that does not want to follow the Lord. They just want to say, Jesus saved me and I'm good and then leave me alone. Sure, you can be saved outside of a church and I hope you are. But if you expect to make it very far without being devoured, you better get under the authority of Jesus. And the authority of Jesus commands you to get under the leadership of the body of believers. Now, here's a question. Am I pushing church attendance? I'm pushing a whole lot more than just church attendance. I'm saying a whole lot more than that. This is about a lifestyle that says, I want to do whatever the Lord tells me to do. And I want to serve the Lord with every part of my being. Whatever God tells me to do, I want to do it. If you don't really want to obey God, there's a problem. You're getting devoured in your life somewhere and you wonder why. I I, I can't understand the people that come to me, Ray, we got this huge problem and I never see them you got to be here. This is not not about there. Check the box. I went to church. This is about the willingness. I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve in the assembly. I want the crown of unfading glory. I want it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it because I love it. That's what the Christian life ought to be. Well, I was there Sunday, Ray. That's not what I'm talking about. Do you love it? If you love it, you're going to do it. Friends, the Christian walk should be exciting. That's what I'm trying to say. It should be exciting. It should be exciting to where you want to go. The place you go out to eat at, the big movie, the, the next Star Trek or the next James Bond or something comes out. Oh, I can't wait to go see that. I'm, and you're there. Church should be like that. Not like, oh, gosh, we got to go to church today. Shoot. You got to want it. Man, I can't wait to play with the with Byron. I can't wait to see everybody show up and get to talk to everybody and shake hands and talk a little bit. I can't wait to see what I'm going to learn in God's Word because I need it. That's what this is. To those of you who believe, this is exciting. To those who are just pretending to believe, now i got better things to do. I, I, I see it and I hear it. And trust me, guys, the people that do that, well, i got better things to do. They always get devoured some kind of way. And give it time, they come running in. Ray, oh God, oh Ray, oh God, i got—I got, I got this thing, what do I do, what do I do? I'm like, well, where have you been? You'll get devoured. And friends, take this warning now. Peter wrote it, not me. Remember in the previous chapter somewhere, somebody said, get, be serious, he said. I'm like, oh, thank you that he said that. Get serious take this warning. You still got time to turn around and be encouraged by what Peter said and that you're not alone in your suffering because it says the brotherhood in the world experiences your suffering with you. This is why you need to be in the body of Christ because we're here with you. I think for the first time, and I don't know when I ran my fireplace last week. (laughs) Fireplace is this thing that's in your house that where you put a fire in it. And it helps heat the house. But whenever a log burned in half and one log broke off and it kind of tumbled away from the rest, it fell away cold and the glow went down. So I had to reach in there with those little tongs and pick it up and move it back to the pile and then it would glow back up again. Friends, when you step away from the body of Christ, you're going to go cold And your suffering is going to feel like it has no purpose to it because you got away from the brotherhood of believers who suffer with you. Again, people come to me with telling me how miserable they are, the problems they have in their marriages, uh, the feelings of despair they have, and the financial troubles that they've got. But I'll tell you, one of the main causes of this is because they stopped being among the brethren of believers. They stopped coming to the church. They got away And they got cold. And I feel like in my discussion with them, i got to reach in with some spiritual tongs, grab them and pick them up and move them back into the flames again where it's hot, where we suffer with you. But we also rejoice with you, too. And then they'll catch back on fire again. I'm not saying this just to try to get you to come here more. If you attend another church, some people come and go. That's okay. God bless you. But don't bail on the brotherhood. Don't quit. On the brotherhood. We are here for your benefit. It is godly. It is biblical. Peter said it. Some people come to church as long as things are fine, but as soon as trouble hits, they bail on the brotherhood. And they don't realize we're here to suffer with you and encourage you. I'll never understand why people do that. They don't love the Lord like they claim to. Trust me, whatever you love, you will do it. Friends, this is all for our safety. So whenever you're suffering through some kind of a trouble, Get close to the brotherhood of believers, knowing that other Christians will suffer with you, and that should strengthen you up to stand firm and continue, rather than give up all hope and worry yourself right into Satan's devouring. I don't want to see that of any of you. 1 Peter 5 and 10 But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. Friends, whatever you're suffering through, whatever you're going through, it's not going to be for much longer. He said, it's going to be for a while. It's not going to be much longer, just a little while. I know it seems long now, just a little longer. Would you hang with me? I'm suffering too. Would you hang with me just a little longer? We'll get there. We'll get there together, but it's not going to last. We need to learn to suffer in such a way that Jesus is made known in our lives. As a matter of fact, when you suffer, that is a megaphone in your hand that whatever you say about the Lord, people are going to hear it all the better because of your suffering. They're going to listen to you more. We need to learn how to suffer for God the way Jesus suffered for God and the way Jesus suffered for us when he died on the cross under submission to God's will so that we could be saved. If Jesus could suffer for us, we can suffer too, for a while, for others also. And know that your suffering is not without purpose. I think that's one of the main things that messes people up. When they suffer, they can't see what it's for. And they start to doubt and they start to go down. Suffering refines us like gold. When gold is heated up and the bad stuff floats to the top and it's scraped off and it's, it's purified that way, suffering purges out the bad stuff in us so that we'll, we will be perfected so that we will be strengthened. Our suffering here is only going to last a little while, while the glory in Jesus to which we have been called is going to last forever. Suffering is just like this little bit, but the glory in Jesus that we're called to, it's never going to end. 1 Peter 5.11, To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What if I read that, to him be the glory and dominion for a hundred years, and that's it, and we're all done? Well, how depressing. Did y'all catch Forever and Ever? I'm just making sure you saw that part, okay? (laughs) Forever. Verse 12, by Silvanus, our faithful brother as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son, greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Great stuff. But who is this woman in Babylon? (laughs) We're not sure who this is referring to. It could be Peter's wife. It could be a feminine noun referring to the church itself of a church in Babylon. Could be. But friends, Peter did say this is the truth. This is the grace of God. Everything that he wrote to you, it's true. That means if you do it, it's going to work the way he said it would. And grace not only saves you, but it guides your decisions towards the Lord God to live the life He wants you to. You know, when you get saved by God, He gives you grace. It teaches you how to make better decisions. Now, we should be thankful that the Lord does us like this because He has the power to strengthen us as we go through persecution, not alone, but we go through persecution together. If you get away from the fire and get cold, that's on you. Come back and we'll take you back. But we go through it together. The Bible commands us to get under good church elders, which is an agreement with Hebrews 10.25, the command to assemble. All the people that tell me you don't have to go to church, you don't have to go to church. Look up Hebrews 10.25. God says, go to the church. Get in there. (laughs) Okay? It is a command of God that you be here. Far too many people don't want to obey the command of God to assemble in the church. They don't want to submit to the leadership of elders because they want to live the life they want. Guys, I want you to understand, even as a pastor, I have to submit to leadership as well. No one is exempt from this. But guys, sharing in his suffering comes with being a partaker in his glory. If you want to be a partaker of his glory, everybody says that, oh, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven then you're going to have to partake in his sufferings, too. No, I don't want that part. Everything but that part, sorry, comes with it. The reason why we can be given the crown of glory that never fades is because God never fades. God is eternal, and so he holds the power of eternity in his hands, and he can give this crown of glory to whoever he wants to. And he tells us in the book today who he will hand it to, to those who lead well by example sacrificially with humility. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at Set for life You'll be on your way Any day you decide to start